Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on Thursday the 3rd of November. It's about 24 hours since Celtic's Champions League campaign finished. They went down 5-1 to Real Madrid in the Bernabeu. Uh, Celtic's goal coming from Jota uh, late on. It was a wonderful free kick, but it does bring an end to Celtic's European campaign for this season as well. Tony, out of the four years, you were the only one that made the journey to the heart of Spain, the capital of Spain. How how was your trip and how was it seeing the Celts in the Bernabeu? It had obviously been 40 years since the Celts had been there. What was it like to experience it? Um, it's a good trip. I'm still driving back to the news, you know. I'm driving from Dublin to Derry, so usual change planes and automobiles to get there. Drifted Dublin, Dublin on Tuesday, flew to Munich and then flew to Madrid. I see, to be honest, I quite a kind of chill couple of days. I mean, the last time when I was in Berlin, I went to the left wing bandies gig, which was brilliant. This time, I've just kind of taken it easy and went for a few meals and then a few beers and then went to the game. Yeah, I, I mean, I tweeted this yesterday. I, I know that's right, sound totally absurd, but I didn't think they played badly. There was times I was watching them play and I was kind of losing track of where the ball was due to where I'm sitting and how quick they move it. I think they're just an exceptionally good team. But I was quite encouraged that even... 4-0, now the, the players are still sticking to the the philosophy of the manager. Seen Joe Hart trying to get the ball moved as quick as possible. And then I thought we deserved at least a goal. If the penalty goes in at 2-1, I think at that time we created a few chances. Kyogo had missed one. I think Tati put one over the bar as well. So, But the, the two penalties, I've, I've seen them back. I think they are penalties. It's unlucky and it's, it's a bit of a shame because we were well in the game early on. But... They, they do kind of kill you and then if you're missing penalties in the Bernabeu you're not going to get fuck all so 
but there wasn't anybody I looked at and thought, oh, they were terrible or anything. And I think Jota's goal at the end, everybody enjoyed it. And it was kind of like, oh, well, they, it was nice to get a wee goal. But I think you're into the next campaign in Europe, whether it's Champions League or Europa League, you're talking about Champions League. We need to be a lot more clinical. I think for this one, all the fans, or most fans are the opinion that we've been quite unlucky, we've kind of competed, but when it's came to the big moments in games, we've kind of fluffed our lines, and you need to hope everybody learns from it, and maybe go again next year, but it's been good to be back in the competition. Uh, I don't think we've disgraced ourselves, like some other clubs in Glasgow, so I don't think it's been a, a total disaster, and I'd love to... Uh, at least get third. I think we, one of the big things we all done as fans was underestimate Shakhtar Donetsk, who ended up having quite a good campaign. I know they get scudded yesterday, but they get some results we weren't expecting, especially the first game when they beat Leipzig 4-1. But overall, a good experience for for the players, I'm sure, and, and the way the managers talk, it sounds as though we'll be here to, to continue to lead us into other European adventures. And it was good, it was great to see Celtic in the Bernabeu. I know, I know it was their result, you were one, but it was good to see them. And it was a great stadium. And I thought the goal Josh scored was excellent as well. And don't get me wrong, I, I know people kind of criticise the celebration. I can see why, but probably for some they grew up grew up in Portugal, probably looking at people that. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo and the impact he had of the Bernabeu maybe a special moment for him personally to get a goal there against the champions of Europe so no, a good trip um, an unfortunate result and a, a tough campaign but no one I'm overly disheartened with yeah, it's, one of, aye, it's one of the ones I'm, uh, we've had a few chats in our group chat and I think out of the four days I've probably been the most sort of negative about how the how I see the group as having went like I know we've had spells in games where like we, we looked like we could like obviously the first 60 minutes against Real we were good at home and then Shakhtar game is I think in hindsight it's probably the one that's cost us the one in Warsaw because I don't think Celtic will probably ever play that well again away from home in the Champions League well hopefully they do but in terms of the dominance we had that night and I, I think in sort of like looking at the group as a whole, I think it just it, it's probably just the way the fixtures have come out this cost us as well because Shakhtar get that absolute freak result in Germany where he, obviously they were on their last legs with that manager and Shakhtar sort of applied the finishing touch and like we we seen a few seasons ago how when our managers running a team into the ground how almost any team can go and get a result against them and I think that's sort of what happened with Shakhtar because I know we drew twice with them of course but. They, I think last night when they got a bit of doing off Leipzig, it sort of showed what's, what was probably expected from them. But the fact that we came out of that game with only a point, like after the two games, I think everybody was quite positive because we played well against Real and then we should have won against Shakhtar. But like I think a lot of the damage was already done and we just hadn't seen it yet. And then obviously Leipzig then with our new manager in tow, like then went on to win the final four group games. And so they finished it superbly and that's what you sort of expect with good German teams in the Champions League but I don't know it's like last night I thought Celtic started really well uh, there was a lot of good link up and there's a chance Maeda flashed across for Kyogo as well uh, early on and then you're just sort of killed with the two penalties I think the Jens one as as much as it's unintentional I think he's, his arm is sort of swinging round so I can see why that's went and quite unfortunate as well because Valverde just 
completely mishits the ball and that's the only reason that it comes off Jens and I think there's an argument that Joe Hart could have done better in the build up to it as well and then the second goal it's Jens I think that loses the ball and uh, Vinicius Jr uh, forces a great save out of Joe Hart and we just kind of get it clear and the ball's then uh, rattled and I, I thought the O'Reilly one was slightly harsh and in fact that I don't his arm is slightly extended but to make that sort of movement he has to do that it's not as if he can move at that angle with his arms down by his side and the fact that he get booked for that as well I thought was ridiculous for the referee and as you say you've you then gifted that chance when a badder breaks in the box and is brought down and you're, you're thinking there we go that's a chance not only to get that goal to Bernabeu but to get back into the game and I, I thought it was a pretty poor penalty with Juranovic it obviously looks good if it goes in but I thought it wasn't really directed right to one side and it's a great a great height for any keeper and no matter if it's somebody like uh, Courtois who's obviously one of the best keepers in the world as well but I think Real like it's I get what people are saying that we played no bad but I don't know how how well you can overly play in the 5-1 defeat but some of the finishing for uh, Real was just brilliant of course and like European champions we knew what we were going to get and they obviously had to win to uh, win the group as well so I wasn't majorly shocked it was great to get that goal and look we all spoke about how buzzing we were to draw Real in August when the draw was made and I don't know what people were expecting for the draw as you say Tony it's like it's literally one of the games where like these players will have dreamed of playing and Jota to go on a free kick in the Bernabeu and I know it, I don't know what people wanted him to do did they want him to just go and get a ball and look like he was going to try and get a comeback when we were like five minutes away for full time we were 5-1 down it's it's been it's there's been I suppose the the one thing I would take out of this campaign that I'm most happy with is the fact that there's a clear obvious clear and obvious identity with this team and I don't think you could have said that in Champions League campaigns the past with like Sir Rogers or Lennon and probably striking teams as well, like where it was sort of ride your luck and defend like as much as you can. Like I know obviously that the, the Lennon team that got to the last sixteen the first season they were like in the last 16 it was sort of just get the boy Samaras and let him do the rest and th- that's the difference I know I think it was what 86 shots or something we had during the campaign and we obviously scored three goals or four goals whatever it was and I think it's when the chances stop coming that you'll, you'll then start to worry because it's the players first campaign and the manager's first campaign we're obviously looking to build something and like there was links as well earlier in the week saying that Abada and Jack and Marcus are in talks for new contracts and that's boys that already had four years left in their deal so clearly Celtic are looking to really set down roots for these guys and keep them at the club for the next few years because the players will have got a taste for it as well and we, we know better than anybody that the better players play at Celtic they just attract interest from England and beyond and like this is why we need to continue to be a Champions League club and keep these players at the club and it's it'll be I think with the way the the coefficient's obviously taking a bit of batter in this year but I think we will still be guaranteed that uh, group stage place next year so it just makes it even more imperative that we do go out and win this league this year again just to get that sort of consistency of being a Champions League team but Danny, I'll bring you in. As I said, I'll hold my hands up. I'm probably a lot more negative. I know me and you had a bit of a ding-dong last night just speaking about a few players and how the campaigns went. But what what have you made last night in the Champions League campaigns? Shite. Utter shite. Embarrassing. And which worse, I've not got a plasterer on retainer for the amount of times I've punched the wall. 
No, sorry. Um, but out of the group, we finished bottom with two points. It's no great, but I defy anybody in the six games. If they properly watched the six games, and no way a prejudge notion that we're embarrassing or whatever. If you watched each six games, you would, what you'd have seen is a team that are very, very good. And then just key areas of the game, mainly attack and defence, lacking a bit, which we knew anyway. You know, I mean, we didn't learn then about a Celtic team that we didn't know. But last, like last night, I missed the first, I must preface this, I missed the first 25 minutes trying to get home for work. And I had the radio on my phone and sounded like Celtic started really well and obviously gave away a penalty. If the, I mean, I've seen both penalties, I think they are both penalties in this, this current day and age. Like, O'Reilly's horn is out. I know it's closer, he's just a normal, but it is out. I mean, you, you get them given against you. I think he get booked because it went to VAR. Normally, it's, I think it's like a weird thing. It's as if the ref thinks that the players, like, cheated them or her, like, try to be sneaky because there's no difference between that horn ball and the Jens one. Yeah, Jens didn't get booked, but I think if they go to VAR, they give a penalty and book them as if it's like a justification for giving a penalty or something. Like, I don't know. But, I thought when I got in it was two nothing, so I was looking at it from that point of view, hoping that it didn't turn into five or six. But every time Celtic get the ball, I mean they were getting the ball at the back, they were knocking it about well. It was going, you know, they weren't they, wasn't he just breaking down in midfield and you know, wasn't he wave after wave of Madrid attack? We were putting together good moves. Well wingers were getting involved a lot, putting plenty of crosses into the box, we created plenty of chances. We were winning the ball high up the park as well and it hoped, I mean, the penalty, I mean, I don't know about MD else, I just never thought for a second Juranovic was going to score. It's the sheer fucking luck that we've had or no had or, you know, that been drained out me um, watching us, but I thought we were holding Moraine, I thought we were playing really well, and then the second half, like Celtic have been in Europe for fucking longer than I've been alive, y'all, but certainly in the last couple of years, they that hazy fucking 10, 15 minutes, we were really poor at the start of games, and we're really poor. We're vulnerable. Sorry, we're vulnerable at the start of games, and we're vulnerable at the start of second half. And I, th- I would dare say, in the last five, ten years anyway, that we've lost the majority of goals in Europe. We've lost in either the first ten minutes of the game or the first ten minutes of second half. And at that point, but again, even at three and four, yeah, what? Nobody's saying Celtic deserved to win last night or deserved a draw right in that Real Madrid completely hammered, just knocked the ball out for fun themselves. But any time Celtic get the ball, I thought we oh, were going to score, or we looked likely to create a goal-scoring chance, and I thought all oh, the players played really well. I thought O'Reilly was outstanding again. I know you, Darren, you and O'Reilly don't seem to be getting on, and me and you have had a tit-for-tat over it. I thought O'Reilly was outstanding last night. I thought the ref had, they must have knocked her back before the game, because she had that in for him. Every time the boy made a tackle, it was a foul. He was winning the ball high up the park for us. I thought he was everywhere. Um, he's used to the ball could be a wee bit better. I'd love to see him use his right foot a wee bit more, but I think we've got a, I think we've got an outstanding footballer there that is going to go on to be a proper special player. Um, and they'll only learn. But at half time, it kind of dawned on me that the team, you know, people say it's embarrassing. Folks say it's embarrassing. This is it. You need if you're going to win, you know, basically the the, the quote was if we're going to win the Champions League, we need to bin this guy, bin that guy, bin that guy. If we if we're if we're to ever get the progress in the Champions League that folk think we, the folk are expecting us to be making, then we probably need to sign about fifty new players. But the same talk, obviously, the game ran away phase. 
but we kept kept plugging away. We kept and we, we don't you know we never really resort to the long ball, and sometimes that is frustrating if you're chasing a goal and it's closer. But at five nothing doing it, we're still going for hard to the centre halves to the right. You know, we still progression was still the same, and you know Jota was a real spark when he came on. He scored, and listen, did he celebrate? He probably did, but. Ugh, past caring about it, like, I mean, he didn't fucking take his tap off and run into the crowd, he probably did a wee personal moment with himself. The fans that were there, they definitely deserve something to cheer about. I thought if the crowd were out, I thought Celtic support were fucking fantastic. Um, and it was a nice, it was a nice way to end a campaign, which has been, you know, nearly, nearly there. Um, and But the team knocked the fucking pan in for themselves. They knock the pan in for the manager and they knock the pan in for the support. And I, I thought we've been going on about this campaign's kind of sickened me, to be honest. It's, it's spoiled the it's spoiled the novelty of been back in the Champions League. Like, we've not been in the Champions League in years. The last time we were in the Champions League, we were shite in the Champions League for the majority of it. We'd a good, we, we played in, in four of your games in this campaign, we played a lot better than we did in Anderlecht when we beat Anderlecht 3 nothing. We've played a lot better in this campaign four times, at least, and we didn't get, you know, but we beat Anderlecht 3 not, and it looks like a perfect away performance, but we were under caution a lot of that game. The home game against them was one of the worst performances we've put in, and it was funny because Anderlecht had to beat us be free to get into Europa League, and I think if they properly would have fancied it that night, they would have done it, no bother with the way that we played that night. But... Just the way some folk have been going on, it completely spoiled. The, the team have not been there. They're growing, they're learning. And people are saying to me, ah, but how can you compete when you finish? But watch the games. They're, they're clearly are competing. You know, look at Real Madrid in the first 50 minutes of the game. We could have been two, we could have been two or three up. And then, you know, you find yourself two down and chasing the game. And, that's, you know, that's what happens. We were punished. We were... We weren't rewarded for what we were good for what we were good at, and we were punished for what we were poor at, and that's what happens at the top level. And all I'm seeing now is folk wanting to get rid of Jackie Marcus and Kyogo, and it's pretty pathetic to be honest. I mean, both have missed good chances in the Champions League, but again, uh, I don't know. I don't think Kyogo scored, but he set up Jota's goal, and and uh, Leipzig he played he played really well against um, Shakhtar. I thought home and away. Jack and Max also scored the other week. He did and he did a good performance against Real Madrid in the first game. And whether folk, I, I, I don't get it. Personally, the criticism of Kyogo. Kyogo's at the heart of Everton. Good about Celtic. And look at his finish on Sunday. I know it's against Livingston, but look at his. It's the same goals he's shooting in in the Champions League. It's the same boys using. It's for whatever reason they fell short in the Champions League. And as I said at the start, this boring monologue that I've took his on. We learn nothing new about this Celtic team. We know we're no we know we're no good enough to go and beat Real Madrid or that. I Shakhtar and, and Leipzig. You were looking at when the draw get made. God, we can go and compete in that group, but it doesn't work out the way. I mean, Shak, uh, Leipzig were just that bad. Look at Leipzig. They lost their first two games. Sacked their manager after the first game. Went to Madrid and lost narrowly, and then they won all four. They won their four games. So I know two of them are against us, but they won. They went one for for the last four games. They went through with twelve points. They very nearly topped the group, um, and that's us saying, "God, we've got a double header against them that can determine whether we go through or not." Well, they've just went. You know, we were a bad matchup for Leipzig, and too many people couldn't couldn't take out what happened, and 
April and May out of the equation with that. Right? People were too fixated on what happened in a different European competition with Leipzig. And Shakhtar, we should have beat twice. Shakhtar are the only ones that we should be ruined, to be honest. We should have beat them twice and we should be looking forward to who were drawn in the Europa League down. But apart from that, it's I've I've taken it as a six games as as a base to build on and to learn next season. Next season. But you know, I the draw might not be as kind to his next season, but you just you just need to take it when you get there. But it should be a platform to build on. You've got a whole team now that have all played in the Champions League, they've all experienced it. They'll know what you expect going forward. And I actually think and this this is just stupid, but you never know. See the two or three weeks between games, that might help them next season or all because as you said, like after the Shakhtar game, the away game, the damage might already have been done. But it's just need to, something need to, like if they've got maybe two or three weeks between games next season, they can, you know, focus on the league and focus on you know and learning. Whereas it's just been kind of bang bang in the group. So, so I mean, normally they're only playing like the fourth game at this point. So, um, something to learn for it and you know, bring it back to knowing what we always knew is that the league's the most important thing and the minute you go and win it now. I definitely. I think I was just sort of. It feels sort of similar to me in a way that it feels like your European journeys ended prematurely again. Obviously, in the uh, conference league, we were all disappointed with Bodo about six, seven months ago, whenever it was. And I think people thought, uh, well, the team will be six months down the line, and we'll have that Champions League. Obviously, Champions League is a different level altogether from what this team had played at. But I just feel like being out before Christmas is where my main disappointment is but like you say you've made a lot of good points but I'll, I'll bring Andy and Andy what did you make uh, last night and the campaign as a whole and Danny brought them up Danny was pulling up people who had a go at Kyogo I know you did last night is, do, you, do you think that Kyogo can step up to this level or are you with the people that Danny was uh, criticising there do you just think he's no Champions League level Kyogo's a funny one. Like, as Danny said, he makes a good point. It's, it's the same box as him goal. I don't know why. So even it's the chances he has had. Um, but again, I've, I've, I've said it before that I felt, I've always felt um, Jack Marcus is probably the more clinical striker than Kyogo. And I, I guess that's difficult. Because um, if it's just it's all about chance creation and then chance conversion, and if you give Kyogo multiple chances in a game, he will take one of them, but you don't get as many. Um, and it's in, in a competition like the Champions League, then you, then you will, even the Europa League, to, um, or, or any other competition you play in, you won't get as many chances. So that's probably where the biggest frustration comes with Kyogo. Um, that he's sometimes he just needs too many. Um, and it's it might be harsh, but I think he's obviously he's got a very very good player, and he potentially can still cut it at that level. I suppose the big thing you see is next season. Um. That's really where you'll learn about if the players did take something away for this and if this was just another stepping stone. Um, and hopefully, as, as Tony said earlier, hopefully we're in this competition again and, and we get to find out even more um, and try to let the manager keep building. Uh, so, Kyogo, I mean, he's still, he's, listen, he's still a fucking great player. Um, one of the best at the club and he still definitely can do it. Um, whether he will or no remains to be seen. But there is obviously a lot of qualities that he gives you um, and a lot of positives that he does. But that's the, that was the frustration for me, um, which probably came out last night with just the missing chances. And sometimes you feel as if he needs three or four sort of pretty good chances before he'll stick one in the net. Um, and it's just more frustrating when you see finishes like you did against Libya because that's, that, that's a fucking a world-class finish what he done there. 
um, especially on his weak foot. But the game itself, I mean, you'd be hard pushed to find fucking MD that that's surprised that Celtic like have been beat 5 1 in the Bernabeu. They'll do that to probably better teams than us this season. Um, if they go and win it again, I don't think there'll be anybody that's surprised by that. Um, they're one of the best teams about, and the Champions League's just their competition. Um, always has been, always will be, probably. So, the result itself, I just don't look too much into it. But I think the performance, there's a lot to be, there's a lot to frustrate you and a lot to annoy you because if you, even if you take the horn balls out of the equation, there's a couple of daft things that lead to it like heart in the build up to the goal. Um, it's just got to be quicker out and dealing with it. Um, then that, that nullifies the, the horn box, it wouldn't have happened. And there's just wee daft things here and there, but you hope time gets them out, um, experience gets them out of the game. There's just a lot of frustrations with things like that, but building it for the back at times and the way we were trying to play through them and some of the chances we did create. Um, like the ball that was played through Maeda and he cut back for Kyogo. Things like that. There's a lot to be positive about. They think just creating chances like that against very fucking good teams. Um, so I guess there's positives in that. It's, I think the big thing is nobody likes nobody likes to see their team get beat, let alone take what looks like a doing. Um, and, and probably it is in a way because they could have they could have scored more, but but so could we have. It's it's odd, but I mean, if, if I'm trying to just be. As you said, as Danny alluded to, I'm trying to look at the competition as a whole and where were my realistic expectations and again, how does Celtic match up against them? And he's right, the biggest frustration is that we've no... I, th- I think if we get our results against Shakhtar and we're sitting here the new in the Europa League, that I think people are so much more positive about it. I think that's where we've really let ourselves down. The two games are the frustration for me. I think I think the players have, have probably let, let themselves down a bit in their games. And that might be a, being a bit harsh, but I, I just I don't think Shakhtar are, are, are a great side at all. I think that I mean controversial. I, I think we're a better side than them. A day I know they've come away with some big results, but other than other than really Stepanenko and Murdoch, I don't see anybody else in their team that I think's brilliant. I, I reckon for my money, I, I would I would still argue we're a better team there. They're just they're just efficient and they've played more they've played more football at that level than we have recently and experience has probably done them well. Um maybe a wee bit of good fortune as that you said done playing a Leipzig team that were in fucking disarray um really early and getting a big result and then as I say, when you mix that with experience, a right good bit of quality with Murdoch and Stefanenko, I think that all comes together. But I think as an actual squad I would argue that we've got a stronger squad than they do. Um, some people argue otherwise, but I think that's where we've really let ourselves down. Um, but that's, as I said, you've got to learn from them and you've got to take it into next year. That's where we'll really, that's where we'll really get a view on whether or not we're right to to not expect too much um, and, and and let the manager build and keep going. And, and I think we will be hopefully a bit a lot better for it. Um, players have done it now and as for the Yota thing like, ugh, I'm, I'm really not that arsed like, as has been said he's grew up in next door to next door to Madrid one he's, he's country's all time best player a guy who probably grew up looking at as an idol um, played for played, played for Madrid probably 
again, arguably one of Madrid's best players. It's, it's a big thing. Um, you look at all the Portuguese guys that have came through playing in Spain, um, like your Decos and Figos and all the rest of it. I'm, I'm really not that fucking arsed about it. People are angry, I get that. That's probably a lot of people. Probably a drink talk for people and they're angry because they've seen their team get beat and all the rest of it. But I'm, I'm really not that arsed. Um, I care about what Jota does in the park for us. Um, but mixed feelings about the campaign, Dan. I think you'll really know no until next season. Um, disappointed not to be in the Europa League, but there's a lot of positives taken away from how we've performed at times. Um, big thing news. Focus back in domestic competition. Um, you want to be there again, so... We've got a lot of games to be played. Obviously, there's a World Cup break coming through. Hopefully, the boys that go play well don't get injured. Um, another January transfer window, which I, I would just I would expect the club to maybe even make more moves than they usually do because there's a World Cup on and the club won't be playing. So you would assume that there'll be a lot of scouting going on. Um, in a sort of time where they wouldn't really have the same opportunity. So. Time to build and keep moving and hopefully set everything in motion for another European campaign next year and um, hopefully we pick up more points than we did this time. But I'm not too annoyed. I'm just more frustrated about the, the fact that we've not managed to get in the third because, as I say, I think we're a better team than Shakhtar. I just think a few things have been went away and maybe we'll ourselves doing in their games. Aye, and as you say, we will be back to league action and hoping to win the league and get ourselves back in the Champions League. But Tony, I'll bring you in as Andy said today that we're going to have to, well, I'm sure we'll be looking at January to bring people in. Uh, one that came up this week was a, a defender, a left, left-sided left uh, centre-half. It was Kobayashi from the J-League. Now, that's quite encouraging, uh, I think, for a number of reasons. The fact that Celtic looked to be getting their business done pretty early and another player that you'd expect Andrews had a lot of say in, uh, looking to bring in. What, what did you make of that talk? I know we all know the podcast that's going to tell you what his expected clearance is not, or, but it's, it's good to see Celtic looking to be proactive. No, I think we'll all be honest and say we don't have a fucking clue who he is or anything about him, but uh, sign him up. No, you know, it's good. Um, absolutely, be proactive and I think it was about this time last year where the rumours of Hattati and the Gucci and Maida started to surface and we were very quick to get the, those deals done as well. So we look to be doing the same, get back into the J-League. It's a, a league that Ange is obviously very familiar with and I think you would say three out of four of the players we signed for there have been a success. Ida Gucci's been quite unlucky in terms of injuries, but... I don't want to say he's a failure because he's not actually played enough to make a, an informed choice whether he's a, a good player, a bad player, or, or something in between. But no, hopefully if, if this is a if this is a sign and the manager wants, then we should absolutely do what we can to, to get it finalised and get him in the door. And you, you look forward to seeing him. And I think that's then five Japanese players at the club and probably through the spine of the team. I think Atari's a fucking wonderful player, a great player to watch. Really enjoy just um, watching him pass the ball. His, his vision's been a shout for player of the year. Um, I might be dropping in and, in and out a wee bit because I'm driving, so I'll let you get back to Danny. Aye, Danny. 
we'll stick to all things uh, Japanese. As I said, it looks like there's been a lot of talk from the Japanese media who seem they were really clued up on it last year, but it does look like Kobayashi might be on the way. And I'll, I'll get your thoughts as well on the fact that it was only Daisen Maeda of our four Japanese players that uh, made the Japan World Cup squad. I know Hitachi and Adaguchi have not really been in the squads, but that'd be a disappointment for Kyogo. I think that caused quite a shocker in Japan. I I, I feel bad because my first thought was, oh, that's good news for Celtic because they'll not be away, risk of getting injured in that. But I'm gutted for them because obviously as a professional football player, you want to play for your country at a World Cup. But um, Japan must have sunk him. <laughs> Kyogo and Hitachi can't get in there. I mean, I'd say this season especially, Hitachi's been really good. And what, what, what I find a wee bit more uh, puzzling is that if you if you look at like the Champions League social media accounts that they've been going heavy out and ham on the fact that Kyogo and that have played for Celtic in the competition because they were always sending tweets out about uh, Hitachi, especially that pass for the Real Madrid game, the first game, but for the throw and obviously that's not guarantee your place in the World Cup squad, but you would just have thought that they would have been in the manager's um, reckoning they might have been, but I'd love to see that midfield if Hitati can get into it because that boy's unbelievably good at football. And um, as I say, though, it's good for us because you know we don't need to worry about them getting injured. But obviously, they'll be gutted. Maeda must like Maeda must be a kind of. I mean, he's. I, th- I think Maeda's a good player, but he's obviously. I would say they they freeze if it, you know. I would say the other two getting well, they certainly get another team before Maeda, but. Um, he must just like he must be good in that. He must be good in, in that system. But um, I was I was puzzled down that they two didn't go as, but especially Hattie because he's fucking brilliant. I I think the only reason I wasn't as shocked with Hattie is I just I've, I've noticed that he hasn't been in every squad and like, Kyogo has been and I, I think there was a few even there was strikers that did get called up. Who, I think there was one who has maybe made one appearance this season or something. It's it's mad, like you say, like Celtic will get a benefit here eh, in terms of, like, I'm sure they'll go to Australia with the squad and then get a bit of a rest, but I, I just, I, I love seeing Celtic players at big international tournaments, and I know we'll still have likes of Juranovic and eh, Moy and Carter Vickers like, over there, and obviously Maeda as well, eh, but it's, it's always good to see them, but I, I, it was just a shock to me, but as I say, it's not really, it's not going to change my life, the fact that they're not there, so I but I just think that it's disappointing for them. But Andy, I'll bring you on. Tony was obviously breaking up a bit there, so I'll get your thoughts on the fact that it looks like Ange has prioritised a centre-half. Is, or I don't know if he's prioritised it, but it looks like it might be the first day of January signings coming in. You were just speaking about how we need to look to build already towards next season. Uh, is that a promising sign for you? <clears throat> Listen, we've been, since we started, uh, the pod itself, banging the drum about being a club that, that look forward and um, that look to build and it's not just about sort of plugging gaps and replacing what goes out and it's, it's about obviously the future and always looking to that and we've seen that since Andrew's come in um, you alluded to earlier when you talked about Abada and Jack and Marcus potential new deals uh, that's what it's got to be about and obviously that, this boy um by all accounts, Japanese media seem pretty convinced, so we'll see what happens with it. But he's also, I think, I think he's 22, I've seen. As Tony said, I'm not going to sit and profess to you 
that I, I know everything about them again. Even people who like to bring up all these stats, they still know fucking next to nothing about them. They'll no pretend otherwise. Till you've actually seen somebody play football, that's all you know. Um, but it's it's one of the if twenty two year old, obviously young, ambitious. He'll be another one wanting to play in Europe, wanting to play in the Champions League. Um, I have thought it's a bit odd we've not get a left sided uh, sort of. Left-sided centre-half, really. Um, I would assume if you asked all four centre-halves at the club which side they would rather play on and, and, and sort of across a back four, it would be in the right-hand side. Um, so somebody in the left would be beneficial. It's mere competition and, as I say, it's a young guy um, who's obviously one for the, not for the future, but for the now and the future as well in the same way you're, you're a bad as of this world or so. Looking forward. Hopefully it happens. Um, if the manager wants them, hopefully he gets them. And so I see it's, it's. I think it's it's positive when you hear things like this. Um, sometimes in years gone by, um, before and before, I've always been left wondering. Sometimes you're waiting till late in the window on praying to yourself. The club have just kept it under wraps, and it turns out they've not got a fucking clue who they're looking for. And they're just scrambling about trying to get loan deals in for finished Premier League players in the last day of the window and all that so for me it's it's positive when I hear stuff like that um, especially when it's a sort of peculiar one it's not coming for gutter media it's coming for people who have been right before um, in that country about players coming to say like so looking forward to it um, touching on the World Cup thing I would completely agree um, Japan must have some fucking side um, I mean this is it's just it's bizarre to me that you're notating, especially Hitai, who, for my money, I think, so far this season, it's between him and Greg Taylor, who's been our player of the year. Um, I think that boy is honestly got the world at his feet. He could be anything he wants to be in football. So why he's not there, I, I don't know. That's that's one for the Japanese manager. Um, but Kyo goes well, he'll be disappointed. But it's, I, think, I suppose if you do look at it in a selfish way, because I'm, I'm a bit like you, Dan, I'm... I always want to see select players if they're in the World Cup playing, hoping they get a good performance in. It's always nice to see to see things like that. Um, but listen, if we be selfish about it, it means that hopefully there's less competitive football for them between sort of that break in the World Cup um, and they come back fit and firing and ready to prove a point, really. Because um, they they, that's what the players have, have got to have. They've got to have that edge about them. That's why they're competitive football players. So... Hopefully they come back with a bit between their teeth, wanting to prove a point to the Japanese manager. They want to get back, win the league, want to get back in Europe and make their mark and show them that he was wrong not to take them. Um, but I'm got me all thinking about the World Cup now, darling, about what Celtic players are going to be there and how I'm going to who I'm going to cheer on when Croatia go up against the USA or something. I know. Well, we have got the four as I said: JJ, uh, Maeda, Carter Vickers, and Aaron Moy. So I know. Carvacas will be up against England, so I'm sure it'll be easy to get behind the stars and stripes of the USA. Uh, Tony, I'll come back to you. We are back in league action on Saturday. We're at home to Dundee United, and last time we played them, we ended Jack Ross's tenure at uh, Tannadice with Keenum a 9-0 defeat. Uh, what are you expecting this Saturday? I think we'll win. I think we'll, we'll do well. I think they're still in pretty poor form. I think they're 11th in the league. Um, I think the players that want to go out and give something to do after what happened to us if we did. So I'll go for 5-1 to Celtic, I think. 
Um, and I think I think we should win our next three games in the league and go into the break, hopefully in a, a strong position, at least four points clear. But I think I think Anne said it last night in the league, if we play the way we are playing just now, then we'll be pretty difficult to, to stop, I think. Danny, I'll bring you in on it. What are you expecting? Is it is it just going to be Dundee United's bad luck that they find a Celtic team that's looking to give somebody a hammer in and maybe we could go one better and get the ten uh, against them this this weekend? I know I know it was one of your predictions for the start of the season that a team would get hit for ten and if a team's already conceded nine, they could be prime candidates. Do, do you know on on Sunday when I was get, I was on the bus um, to Edinburgh to the game and I bear in mind I did a few breakfast tasties. But I was texting Meyer, who's a good mate of mine, good friend of the show, and we were, we were slagging the Celtic support that were criticising the team, because the Kyogo got a lot of stick for again. And I texted him saying, I've got a prediction, but I've said, don't why, don't why say it, in case, you know, because Livingston's a tough place to go. But I actually thought we were going to match the 9 nothing last week. I don't, I don't know why, I just had a feeling, must have, might have been a drink, but I thought we were going to match the 9 nothing. and when we scored after about 10 minutes, I thought, here we go, this is on. Uh, it didn't work out like that, but I don't think we'll hit 9 this week against Indy United. I think Indy United had looked as if they'd turned a bit of a corner a couple of weeks ago, and then they've kind of turned it again. Um, lost, I think they've lost two in a row now, um, or three in a row if you count the cup game, so... Good chance to get three points. Just put a bit of pressure on. Um, just keep keep winning, keep winning our games. That's all we can do now. Um, and I think we will. I think we'll be a good performance. I think there'll be a good crowd at Parkhead on Saturday. Um, and I think we'll get an early goal. And I think we'll run out quite comfortable in the end. Um, but then the United last year at home was pretty tricky and it was pretty memorable for a late goal. So, but that's what we don't need to rely on that. But no, I think you'll get a, I think you'll get a good goal, a good a good performance. Everybody that's going will will, uh, will hopefully see a good performance and a good three points. And what is it? Two more games after that? Is that next week? And then. The week, the weekend after, and then we can wrap up. I will get Motherwell next midweek, and then uh, Ross County on the twelfth of November. That's our last game. So I uh, comfortable one. You want a prediction the new or begin back? I go for it. Tony's already gave his predictions. Uh, I'll say three now. I think. Do you know what? I'm going to go for a Maeda hat trick. Saturday. I like it. Uh, Andy, who? How do you see this one going to you? Do you think Dundee United will just put to avoid the sort of doing they took earlier in the season? And how would you like to see Celtic line up? Could we finally see Carter Vickers and Starfelt reunited at centre half? I know Carter Vickers obviously missed the trip to Madrid, but and says it was just a sort of reaction to the artificial pitch at Livy. Uh, I don't, I don't think it will be a a nine ten nil or anything like that. But I think, uh, they, I think they'll probably just set it for a bit of damage limitation. They'll know that. Especially when Celtic come after a result like that, the players will, will be to prove a point. You would assume your guys like Yacht and things will come right back into the starting eleven. Uh, I think there's a more dangerous team. Uh, I think, as I say, I think they'll probably get with damage limitation. I think we'll eventually break them down. Um, and I'm going to go for, I'll go for a three 0 victory. I reckon. Um, as I say, it will be a bit stuffy, but eventually, once you get the first, the next couple should go in. Um, I'm going to go Yoto in the score sheet again. I actually think Kaksabanovic will get his first in a Celtic jersey. 
Uh, who's got a school of third? Let's have somebody like, tell you what, Starfelt, he does for a corner. There's your three scorers. If you stick a tenner on that, you win absolutely fuck all. Aye, I, I think it could be, I think they could take a bit of a doing. I think Celtic will be looking to ramp the pressure up on that mob in second as well. Obviously, we play first this weekend, so we can extend a lead to seven points. And they've got a tricky trip to Perth. Well, it was tricky for us the other week, so it's every chance it'll be tricky for them. Uh, so I think we'll be looking to just go out there. And as Anne says, like we, we approach every game in the same way. And if we play to that level, then... Look, it's not a Champions League, so the players will just start putting the chances away. I know it's sort of been mentioned that maybe it was just a mentality thing with the players, but I think that at Celtic Park, well, more than capable again, Dundee United are doing, and I think it could be like something like a 6 0. I'll go for 6 0, and I think that Jack and Marcus will get a hat trick along with David Tumble, eh, Greg Taylor, and Oh, who's going to get the last one? I'll go for Haxabanovich as well, because I think he, he, he's due a goal. Uh, and I think it might it will come on Saturday and we'll stretch a lead at the top of the table before a trip to Far Park. But uh, that's been nearly 50 minutes. We've been rambling, so I know the game is on Saturday, so we'll want to get this out as quick as possible. So that'll do us for just now. Be sure to listen to us on Sunday or Monday when we'll have a review of the Dundee United game and a preview of the Motherwell game. But thanks everybody that's taking the time to listen and if you've made it this far, cheers and we'll speak to you next week. Cheers. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.